The bat signal has been lit. Go through the grandfather clock, secret entrance, and head back to the bat cave. It's time to revisit the Batman animated series with your hosts, Adam and Nick. Welcome to another episode of Back to the Bat Cave, revisiting Batman the Animated Series. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and with me this week is my co-host, Nick. Nick, how's it going? Doing amazing, man. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well, and uh, you know it's always a good day when you're talking Batman. That's a, I mean, that's a Can't foregone, complain. foregone conclusion, and to do it with a fellow <laughs> Batman fan is even better. And no matter what else is going on when you're talking Batman, it's a good it's a good time. Um, yep. And uh, as we we've done on this show, when uh, when uh, Josh has been with me, we of course are going through uh, Batman the Animated Series in a special uh, order that was curated by a fan of the series, not me or Josh or anybody uh, or Nick or anybody else. I can't take credit for it. I didn't do it. Uh, but. Uh, a fan uh, curated uh, the the series in a in a in a manner that would would uh, have a more um, uh, connected storytelling, uh, cohesive storytelling, much like uh, a uh, a primetime live action drama would, and that's how he curated the uh, uh, the list. So we we decided it'd be cool to kind of do it that way, do something a little different. And uh, so uh, the episode, uh, the episodes we're doing today is um, nothing to fear, right? And uh, and uh, on leather wings, which is <laughs> a much different order than when on leather wings appears in the series. So it's, uh, they almost flipped it uh, completely. Uh, I was gonna say that's a much different order. <laughs> yeah, um, but. Uh, as we usually do uh, before we get to that portion of the show, if there is any news uh, in the Batman world, uh, we tend to cover it. And not surprisingly, uh, there is news regarding uh, the Batman world. And specifically, it, uh, the Batman world in question is Matt Reeves' Batverse uh, that began with the Batman. Uh, now, Nick, you're well aware that, that's right, the nice swag that uh, we got from Fandom. Wasn't intentional, Fandom, by the way. apparently, and uh, <laughs> that's great for U.S. residents, but over here in Canada, like me and, and, and our good buddy Carlos, yeah. we can't get that because they'll take our box office money, but for the merchandise, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, next time, if you ever do a fandom, I'm going to get one of you guys to send me. I'll pay for it, and then you guys can send it over. And Absolutely. That way. How about that? Uh, but anyway, uh, they're going to they're gonna turn me into the Riddler now with all this nonsense about not sure. No, no, no. Then don't, don't do that, Adam. No, no. Uh, that's a little over. That's a little there you go. For, 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 you know, a hoodie. But, um, um, so yeah. So the Batman began Matt Reeves' uh, world, uh, and as we know, he's going to continue it with um, the next piece of, of the uh, of the Batverse puzzle is going to be the HBO Max spinoff series uh, revolving around Colin Farrell's Penguin. Um, that actually begins filming, I believe, in either January or February, to my understanding, mm -hmm. uh, uh, which which necessitates the production. Um, to have to, you know, um, fill out the cast because uh, it's not just going to be uh, Colin Farrell by himself in an office. Uh, he, he's going to have to interact with people. Uh, so they have to uh, fill out the cast. And they've started to announce uh, who is going to, uh, uh, to comprise this cast. And um, we've got uh, Kristen Melody, uh from How I Met Your Mother and Palm Springs joining the cast, and she is going to play Sophia Falcone, which is, of course, the uh, daughter of uh, Carmine Falcone, uh, which would also make her spoilers if you haven't seen the Batman, Selena Kyle's half sister. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so, Nick, what do you think of this casting? I actually really love this casting, uh, to be quite honest. He was actually in one of my favorite movies. Might be my favorite movie of 2020, Palm Springs. I know she's very highly regarded from How I Met Your Mother. I never watched that show, but I, I heard she's fantastic in it. Um, I like it because it gives Colin Farrell kind of this romantic kind of side background thing that you can maybe play around with. But I just like that she kind of looks like a fierce version of Sophia Falcone. And I kind of like that you are now expanding the long Halloween lore that Matt Reeves already teased. So you're really... Now you're really diving into some really, really fun stuff here. You know, you're opening the mob world. Uh, who knows what else you can do now? But I think Sophia Falcone's a really great call, uh, especially for this show. And I think she's going to play off Colin Farrell really, really well, to be quite honest. Yeah, and it seems like she's going, I'm assuming she's going to be after uh, Oz because he mm-hmm. is making a play to take over her father's, uh, you know, territory. Yep. Since, you know, he's uh, no longer part of the land of the living. Um, and so, and so that's going to be an interesting dynamic. I, I watched How I Met Your Mother in spurts, but it's been so long that I can't say, I mean, she looks familiar, but it's not like I can mm-hmm. pinpoint, oh yeah, that performance of hers in episode, you know, uh, season three, episode, whatever. I, I can't do that because it's been so long since I watched right. it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I really haven't seen her in anything. anything. But I like the fact, I'll tell you what, and this is kind of, I mean, it's a small thing. It's not really that important. You, you think I'm getting ready to click the pen? That's not what I was going to say. I know, I know. you. Not there yet. I need to, I need to see you in, in action before I can start clicking the pen. Oh, my. But um, We need we to transition you over to pencils, my man. Well, there'll be a lot of sharpening, I'll tell you that much. Um, but, um, no, I, um, I like the fact that they've cast an actress who has apparent, uh, based off of her name, Italian background of some sort. Yeah. Again, it's trivial. It's, it's a small thing, but you know they did it with John Turturro, and now they're continuing that with uh, with this uh, casting. And you know, I I just think it's cool because they're playing Italian characters of Italian background, mm-hmm. getting actors. Or, and actresses that are that is kind of cool. Uh, no disrespect to uh, Tom Wilkinson, but I mean, that's an that's an English dude playing a stereotype right. of an Italian, right? And it's like, yeah, it, it loses some authenticity there when they do that. And the <laughs> mm-hmm. guy from Gotham, I don't know what his background was. Maybe it was Italian or not, but it just seemed. It's like again, it was it was. It felt to me both of those performances like somebody doing a stereotype of an Italian mobster. And it's like, mm-hmm. can we get something a little more authentic? And John Tutura definitely give us that. Um, and I think uh, uh, Kristen will will continue that, uh, or I'm hopeful that she'll continue that trend Great. Uh, along the way. So I, I'm looking forward to it, even though I'm not overly familiar with her, her body of work. Uh, mm-hmm. I, at this point, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm willing to bet that that um, Matt Reeves is is a part of the casting process. Uh, you know because he's an executive producer on this show and this is his world. So at this point, based off of the Batman, uh, his casting was on point. You know for the whole cast. So I'm not going to start uh, questioning or second guessing him at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where I stand with that. I'm so excited that this show is happening. I can't wait. And let's, you know, I just watched the Batman again. Uh, yeah. Halloween. That was my Halloween uh, movie choice. It's a great choice. And it gets better every time you watch it. Just oh yeah. I mean, so, and like, to, also like to your point, you know, would you really have ever thought that you were really, really excited for a Penguin series? Like, you know, no, like, because. Yeah, confirmed I mean, like Batman's not in it that we know of right now. Maybe Bruce Wayne makes I mean, an appearance, but like a penguin show. show you know, we'll see in the shadows, maybe. I can see like Yeah. You know. But like it's penguin, you know, like like it's a villain series. I mean, like yeah. it's crazy that like we're actually hyped for like for a like a solo it's, villain it's, it's series just, like that. The, the portrayal of uh, uh that Colin Farrell provided was so good. Yep. And on top of that, it's not just gonna be 
Colin Farrell squawking and doing, you know, doing a Burgess Meredith, which was great for the 60s show. But right. I don't know if I could watch, you know, a 45 to an hour, 45 minute to an hour show of a guy basically doing what Burgess Meredith did, as good as that was for, for that time. Mm-hmm. So, so, but again, it's, it's, it's getting to live more in, in Matt Reeves' Gotham City. Okay. Uh, that's the most intriguing part. Uh, of course, and seeing where the penguin, like that power grab, seeing that Scarface kind of uh, show uh, mm-hmm. scenario played out in Gotham City is 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 really appealing. That sounds um, awesome. And you know, apparently, according to the news that, we, that we're going to talk about now, uh, we're going to get to spend more, even more time in Matt Reeves' Gotham City uh, via HBO Max because Nick, remember. There was right around the time when the Penguin series was first announced. There was also uh, talk, uh, you know, an announcement of a, a Gotham Police Department and an Arkham Asylum series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, it seemed like the the Gotham PD show was shelved, and they were going to focus on more on the Arkham Asylum show? Well, there's two bits of news. The the one bit of news is that apparently, according to The Hollywood Reporter, the the, uh, Gotham PD show is still in development. So it's not dead. It hasn't been replaced. They've revived it and are are working to redevelop it. Uh, But also that the Arkham Asylum series has taken a step forward. And um, that step forward um, is the hiring of Antonio Campos uh, as showrunner and director. And his previous credits include uh, the HBO Max series, uh, The Staircase, um, and The Sinner, um, along with indie movies Christine and uh, Simon Killer. Um, so, um, uh, he's also worked with Robert Panson before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but, um, the interesting thing is too, is we've got to remember that Campos is replacing Joe Barton who left the project. Uh, I, I would assume, you know, uh, for whatever, whatever reasons, creative differences or, or what have you. So, um. What what do you think of you know the idea of the 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 first of all the Gotham City PD series still being in development and then what do you think of uh, this uh, the, the hiring of Mr. Campos as the showrunner slash director of some of these episodes? Yeah, I'm gonna break this up into two parts. I love that you brought up the the Gotham PD side of all this because this has been really really fascinating for me too because I remember like way back when the Gotham PD series was announced they got Terrence Winter. To actually be the showrunner at the time to work with Matt Reeves, and if nobody like knows of Terrence Winter, he's one of the most renowned HBO showrunners of all time. I mean, The Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire, all that kind of stuff. You know, The Wire. So you know the you know to think that he was going to create another cop procedural centered around the Gotham Police Department it seemed like a no brainer, um, and it seemed like a, a home run for me. So hopefully, I am glad that it's kind of circling back around, um, and I do hope that that kind of develops nicely. Um, as far as the Arkham show, I'm very fascinated with this one just because I know Matt Reeves described it as it's a haunted house story set in Arkham Asylum. And that kind of sends my mind into all these different places because there's so many things that you can do with it. You can obviously explore the Martha Wayne side of stuff that they teased heavily mm. in the Batman. Right, you right. You can do something with the Joker and the Riddler in there. You can tease all these different villains in the show. Um, you can throw a Jonathan Crane in there. I mean, you can do a Harley Quinzel if you wanted to. Uh, there's just so many yeah, as, as the doctor you could explore you see there. more time of her as exactly as a psychiatrist which would be interesting yep. and also yeah so it, it just it sounds awesome to me she may so. end up on the list but uh no <laughs> i did uh, yeah um no but i i am in agreement with the idea of a, a haunted house show set in arkham asylum it's like um yes please um sign up for that craziness um and again, I, I just like to see that, like, Batman's been in action for 
two years now in the world of, of Matt Reeves. And we already know the Joker's in there. And now the Riddler's in there. Who else in his first year did he throw in there? Hmm. That's or who else yeah. is in there and eventually gonna break out and have to be put back in there? You know, like hmm. it's a it's a it's a way, I think, mm -hmm. of you know fleshing out you know characters like the Riddler and the Joker, but also bringing in new ones that you could later use in, in follow-up films. Right? So mm -hmm. that's intriguing, like mm -hmm. um yeah, and, and also to your point, I think it is going to be a test um, to see exactly how grounded and fantastical Matt Williams is going to grow, right? Because Christopher Nolan, for all intents and purposes, were very, very, was very grounded. Just, I mean, in scope and scale and everything, right? So Matt Williams has a shot where, like, he's kind of really crafting something so grounded that I'm I'm very curious what this Arkham show is actually, is actually really going to do because there's all these different uh teases of he wants to create all these other villain spinoffs like uh i think there was clayface yeah um, right that's another piece of news which yeah which, yeah so we'll probably about, get into that yeah right yeah yeah we'll get into that in a second but so but the idea of 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 the arkham show is definitely you know intriguing and now with the showrunner that they've hired uh it sounds like they've they've picked a guy that um is potentially perfectly suited for this yeah uh, um, and so, but like I said, I think that would be an interesting way to um, maybe delve into a little bit of the Martha Wayne uh, backstory of it all. Uh, you know, that could be done in flashbacks or, or you know, the opening uh, scene of the pilot maybe shows, uh, starts out when, you know, when Martha was a kid and then flashes forward. Mm -hmm. or, or whatever but but you know so there's a lot of avenues that it could go but I, again it's like it's the idea of being able to live in this world gotham city and being able to uh, breathe and expand that world whereas and this is the the intriguing part for me is you know every other iteration of the batman film franchise you know you get to spend two to two hours and 45 minutes roughly in Gotham City, in that iteration of Gotham City, whether it be Tim Burton's, whether it be Joel Schumacher's, whether it be uh, Chris Nolan, or not, mm -hmm. you know, as of the Batman, you know, Matt Reeves. But now we're getting to spend a much longer time and, and really get, get an idea of, of the city feeling like a real place and i'm not saying I'm not talking about realism but the longer you spend in a place the more like as an audience member you feel absorbed in it and, you, and mm -hmm. it's like feels it becomes tangible more real so mm -hmm. uh, i i'm i'm so intrigued by that because we've never gotten that with the batman film franchise before it's been little stops in gotham city and then you know it's like okay here you're batman doing this thing and then credits roll and you go home and you wait three years for the next instant right so but like this, it just builds and builds and builds, and you get to, you get to like, like breathe it in, you know, and just and just mm -hmm. take it all in. So uh, that's what has me stoked, right? I yep. want to see how deranged and crazy this place is, and you know, absolutely. Um, and then, as you alluded to, uh, is anybody getting tired of Matt Reeves' Gotham and Batman World? I'm not, and you, uh, most people aren't, because there's potential for even more of it, because Roughly around the time when James Gunn and Peter Safran were announced as the, the DC Studios CEOs, which we've covered on this podcast network with uh, Donnie and with uh, um, with uh, Chris, um, it was also announced that uh, the Batverse was going to expand further because uh, Matt Reeves was in... Uh, discussions or uh, like early planning stages on um, other uh, projects, both uh, for film and for streaming set uh, around uh, 
the world of the Batman, specifically uh, some of his villains and some of the names uh, tossed around in, in the Hollywood Reporter article were uh, Professor Pig, which is an interesting one. That guy creeps me out. Um, and so if that came about, that would be really creepy. Um, there was Clayface. Um, uh, Scarecrow was another one, which would feed right into the Arkham series quite well. And was there a fourth one as well? Uh, I think that's it. Okay. That's uh, it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, I and it's not a guarantee that just because those three were mentioned, that right. those are going to be the three that actually end up being on screen. Like during the development process, you know, the roster could or the lineup could change. But as of right now, that's what we're hearing. So, what do you think on that? Uh, so obviously some old, some new, and some really familiar, I guess, is the is the takeaway with that. But again, like like to my last point, it's going to be interesting to see how fantastical he goes. I thought Christopher Nolan did something pretty fascinating with uh, the Scarecrow in his trilogy. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it'd be interesting most, to see what Matt Reeves does. It's the most does. fantastical of the, right. of the villains that he gave us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I mean, like like you said, you know, it, it doesn't mean all of these will get made. Maybe one of them gets made. Maybe all of them do. Uh, but it's just a testament of building out the world, building out the Rose Gallery, and just offering something different that we haven't seen before. Because I'm operating under the impression that the Batman 2 is at least three, four years away. So why not give us all these different yeah, yeah. shows? In the meantime, keep the Batman in the public eye. Yeah, you know, they, and then build your universe. Basically, as you go. what we've kind of learned again from that James Gunn article—that's mm. the gift I kept on giving, apparently. Right. But uh, you know, it said that that the Batman two likely wouldn't come until twenty twenty five. Right. Which most of us has have kind of put that together. Mm-hmm. Like there are still some people that are operating in 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 La La Land, saying, "Well, the sequel's not coming." Like there's still people trying to convince that the Batman wasn't successful, and it's like, uh, um, okay, they signed Matt Reeves to an overall deal. They've got uh, what now? What did we just say? Three spinoff shows? Yeah, right. Roughly, yeah. And and, and and a sequel. I don't know what what certain people quantify as success, but last night, and again, I'm I'm not an insider in Hollywood. Like I'm not a producer. I don't know how these things work, but just general observation i don't think the green light spin-off series and sequels to stuff that aren't successful right like i I don't know uh league of extraordinary gentlemen didn't get a sequel uh (laughs) so i wonder why you you know Mm -hmm. so like like, you know that notion that oh it's not coming it it hasn't been greenlit i'm like (laughs) what where what world what universe are you on? Bizarro world, obviously. <laughs> that, that movie hasn't been greenlit yet. Like I don't understand. So, so if anybody reads these articles and still thinks that that the Batman two isn't coming, uh, I've got news for you. The world is not flat. Uh, <laughs> see a psychiatrist because clearly there is something wrong with you. Uh, learn how to read. Hooked on phonics is a great tool. You know, it's, it's good. Uh, I suggest using it because uh, it, clearly there's a sequel on the way. Uh, but anyway, that's all the news that we have in terms of uh, uh, the Batman and his ever-expanding uh, universe uh, via Matt Reeves. We have, and don't forget, they're still shopping the animated Cape Crusader, which is uh, co-produced by Matt Reeves. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're going to cover it on this channel when that gets rolling. So. Um, as all this stuff starts to, you know, as we get more news, uh, all as it starts to come to fruition, you can bet that it's going to be covered on this network, and uh, and uh, I'm ready to consume it all. And let's go. And uh, it's a good time to be a Batman fan. Always. And based on the news uh, lately, it's a. It seems like it's going to be a really good time to be a DC fan overall. Come real soon here. So. Uh, so uh, this network is going to be all over it. I'm sure you know you guys on your end. When you're mm-hmm. not here with me, you're going to be all over it with uh, uh, with Nico and and and, and Mr. C. So yep. there's going to be a lot of coverage across the board on these wonderful uh, projects. So uh, so uh, about time. <laughs> uh, let let's go. Let's get all the popcorn and let's uh, 
let's consume. I'm ready. Amen. But uh, until then, uh, we're going to be, of course, uh, continuing our journey through Batman the Animated Series. And we're going to do that after the break. And, and so stay tuned. We will be right back. What's up, everyone? It's the Emerald Enthusiast. For all of your multiverse viewing and listening needs, check out our shows, which include Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, Power Rangers, the Marvel Universe, and the DC Universe, including the Emerald Echo Podcast. You can check us out on Podbean, and remember to subscribe right here on YouTube. That's the Multiverse Musings Podcast Network. From the first podcast to the last. And we're back. And as promised, we are continuing our watch-through of Batman the Animated Series in this um, fan-curated order that uh, that I stumbled across uh, online uh, way back when. And uh, so when Josh, Josh was last with me, uh, the next two episodes we had in the queue were Nothing to Fear and On Leather Wings. So... Nick, that's what you and I are going to, to discuss today. So give us a little bit of a, just a brief kind of summary of, of Nothing to Fear. Yeah, so Nothing to Fear is actually the introduction to Scarecrow, believe it or not. And this was, uh, might I add, a rather frightening design to see mm, at, a, at a young age. I just thought he looked kind of like scary. Like, um, you know, like, like, like Freddy Krueger kind of. Yeah, like a Freddy Krueger kind of like. So just his overall look, I thought, was... Um, was pretty scary even as a little kid kind of still is today in a, in a way too how they've kind of evolved that design throughout the series but that's neither here nor there so yeah the episode is essentially batman's first encounter with the scarecrow and the fear toxin and batman's i guess first real internal mental struggle uh within himself and how he kind of overcomes you know this idea of fear so i and it, i think it's a pretty pretty solid introduction actually um, some pretty scary yeah. stuff in here too, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like the way um, they introduced Scarecrow mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that clearly he was trying to hit uh, the university that wrong, that he felt wronged him. Where where it would hurt them the most, the, you know, their pocketbook, right? And that's what mm -hmm. he's wrong the university, but. You know, we, we meet Scarecrow and he's already Scarecrow. Like, we're thrown into this Scarecrow attack. But then mm -hmm. throughout the course of the episode, we get a flashback where he tells one of his goons basically his origin story. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, he, as a child, he was obsessed with fear. Uh, he liked to torment both fellow children and animals. Very creepy. Uh, yeah. Again, for a kid's show, this went into territory that was like, yeah. Another kid experimenting on, on or tormenting animals and kids. I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. The same, the same Looney Tunes folks. Um, um, and then we talk about how he, you know, he, he became a, a professor of, of psychology, specializing in in fear and trauma, and, and you know, and then when he got his position of power would do tests on students because mm. you know that's how insanity i guess uh, flows and uh and so i i like that flashback aspect of it you know mm -hmm. it, it made it feel like it was something of a live action show whereas like i don't recall back then um watching cartoons or animated series however you want to call it Mm -hmm. and seeing many flashbacks mm -hmm. like it wasn't really of the cartoons that i watched it wasn't necessarily a thing so seeing that i don't know it adds an, a, a different a different layer to the proceedings mm -hmm. if that makes any sense yeah uh, what, and what yeah what did you think of his mm -hmm. origin mm-hmm it it did an interesting part where it's like it's not every episode of the animated series needed this 22 minute backstory on the villain but you know i think they did it with the riddler too um where it's like you can slowly weave in you know the villain here they're already established i like that all you really need is a flashback 
Um, and then uh, the Scarecrow one is even more interesting because I think, unlike the Riddler, I think you can feel a little sympathy um, for that episode. Whereas this one, he's kind of just a creepy, like, psychopath who you just want Batman to, like, take down. Oh, and yeah. Kind of all, that, all there is to that one. Yeah, there's no... Um, I don't feel any sympathy at all for Scarecrow. If you do, I would question you. Like, the minute I found out, oh, wait a minute, he's tormenting fellow children when he was a kid and, and animals, I'm like, all right, this guy is Ouch. beyond uh, beyond saving. Um, mm-hmm. I also like the fact that, you know, even before uh, Batman is confronted by the Scarecrow, he's dealing with a bit of self-doubt because... The lead professor at the university sees him in the elevator mm. and says, you know, you and you, your father and I used to go to the school together. And he would be ashamed of what you've done to the legacy of his name. And he's saying, basically he calls up Bruce Wayne for being nothing but a you know, playboy, billionaire, you know, you know, and so um, so that kind of hits home for Bruce. And that's weighing on his mind as he's going through this encounter with Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. And at the first encounter, the first couple of encounters, actually, he loses. Like, Bruce, Batman is not successful. Mm-hmm. Scarecrow gets the upper hand, which is very interesting to see. Um, of all the episodes that... that so far I've covered on this show, I think this is the most failure that Batman's experienced up to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he gets doused with the fear toxin for the first time. And when the fire breaks out at the, in the bank vault, he through the fire, he sees the face of his father and hears the voice and saying, you know, you're a failure, you, you know. You failed, right? And so um, he's dealing with that. And um, so Alfred, it's funny because he makes his way home to to Wayne Manor. And, you know, Alfred basically has to sort of nurse him back to health, if you will. And uh, he explains to Alfred what happened. And he's like, you know, I'm starting to wonder if, 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 you know, those visions were right, and I have uh, failed my parents. And he, and Alfred basically says, that's nonsense, uh, because he goes, your father would be proud of you. And I know that because I'm proud of you. And I liked it. It was a little, you know, and Bruce puts his hand on the shoulder and says, thank you. You know, it was a little moment, a very, very small moment, but it was very powerful and, and touching because it shows that, yes, Alfred is more than just the butler. He is, in fact, a father figure, even in this show, a familiar figure to Bruce Wayne. And that, that little quote, I think, made a big, a, a, a big, uh, big impact. So, what did you think of? Uh, so, Batman failing mm-hmm. for the first encounter. But also the idea that, you know, we get a perception from others in Gotham through the doctor that that Bruce Wayne is nothing more than this, uh, you know, playboy and and nightlife, jet setting, you know, money spending. Because it's not like it's overtly on display, but it's it's subtle, but it's there. So what did you think of of those aspects? Mm. Yeah, I, I like the uh, the idea that because this is still early on in Batman's career, where like we we're not we're, we're kind of used to seeing him not have the answer to everything, and because you know our love of Batman is like well Batman always has the answer, like Batman always figures it out. So I like this idea that it's a mental struggle early on in his career. It's the idea of Scarecrow using his his fear that he conquered against him. It's kind of flipping on him in, in a little bit, um, and I like and I totally like the decision. Um, to kind of use Bruce Wayne's uh, parents and how he views them and how, you know, society views them 
as kind of a way to Bruce kind of self-reflect and see if, you know, what he's still doing, like the Batman, mm-hmm. is making a difference, whether it's still early on in his life and his career. So I like, because I don't think we really had that kind of question in any medium prior to that point. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, we've always known where the Waynes were just squeaky clean people that just happened to get shot in an alley and Bruce Wayne right. became an orphan and he ended up becoming Batman, right? There wasn't this, oh, you know, Bruce Wayne was this, you know, esteemed man that got them idolized and, and like, you're just not living up to his name, right? Like, there was none of that. Right. Um, so I like that the animated series attempted to take up all the risk and made Bruce Wayne realize that, you know, am, what am what am I doing? What am I really doing? So, and I like that scene that you brought up too in the back of what, with Alfred, where you kind of see that he kind of has a little peach fuzz growing too, because mm. he's not himself. And then it's when Alfred kind of, you know, nurses him back to health, like you said, is when he realizes that he's Batman. And then we get that final encounter with with the Scarecrow. He overcomes it, and we get that iconic line that yeah. you know, "I am the Knight. I am, ven- you know, I am Batman. I am vengeance." You know that line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, still gives you chills, and, and kind of oh, like, still oh, pulls it when off. I heard it again today, I was, I was you like, know, watching this morning, I was like, oh. Here it comes. Oh, so good. So good. Um, but, um, so basically, I'm, I'm guessing that over the course of Matt Reeves' Batman films, like he, you know, Batman in the first one says, I'm vengeance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the second one, he's going to say, I am the knight. And then by the time the third one rolls around, he's finally going to say, I'm Batman. Um, that's my guess of how it's going to play out. That would be pretty funny <laughs> if it play out like that. That would be awesome. One, one part of the line per, 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 Episode of the trilogy, but um, um, no, be pretty yeah. ironic if he said in, in a scarecrow <laughs> counter, yeah, that would be, yeah, the final, yeah. Um, but the another before we get to the final battle, we'll talk about that a bit, mm-hmm. to, but um, in that first encounter, one thing that Batman did come away with was a piece of the mask. Which then he was able to analyze and with his own kind of detective skills coupled with the back computer was able to discover that it was Jonathan Crane. Uh, and I like that because it shows the detective aspect of Batman. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as he saw when the back computer fed out, okay, these are the these are the companies that manufacture that chemical. Batman was the one that was like, okay, now I need to cross-reference that with employees of the university because he put two and two together of this this guy is attacking the universities and specifically their funding. So it's gotta be somebody that that has an axe to grind with the university. So you get a mix of Batman's tech via the back computer helping him, but also his own ingenuity as a uh, the detective aspect coming through. And I like that. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Because you know, up until the animated series, we got a little bit of it in Batman and Batman Returns, but it, it wasn't, you know, fully formed detective work. Um, mm-hmm. But we're seeing it here in the series, uh, and I liked it. So that that was nice to see. Um, the other thing that I noticed in the final sort of battle, the third act battle, man, that thing was destructive. Like. The blimp is going through buildings. It's like, where, where, where is, is this? I got, I got Man of Steel vibes happening. <laughs> no, I, I'm not saying that. To, to, yeah. Because I love Man of Steel, but I just like, see things going in, in buildings, and it's like, wait, wait, Power Rangers what too. What is going on here? Like, but my question, yeah, it was like, <laughs> who's gonna clean this up? But <laughs> no, but the only reconciling thing that I kind of and again, this is the, this is the the negative of kind of watching it in a post Nolan world because when you're watching the blimp like demolish a building, you're like, um, were there people in there? <laughs> like all of a sudden, you want an explanation of what, what were the people. But I'm guessing because it was so late at night that those particular buildings were empty. Is my guess. <laughs> uh, you you would think. <laughs> I would hope, because otherwise, uh, but no, it just, it was just, I I never noticed how destructive mm -hmm. that third act was before, um, so rewatching it now. Um, 
I mean, the but, thing's on flames, buildings are on flames. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's chaos everywhere. Um, <laughs> but again, you know, Batman is again hit with the, with the, with the fear gas, but he overcomes it and he says that that, that, that classic line. Um, mm-hmm. And he's able to, you know, Scarecrow gets away, but Batman's able to track him. It's sort of his chemical plant where he's got all the all the chemicals and and. Raman had turned on one of the one of the faucets that is emitting the the gas, so so Crane gets exposed to it, and then as he's backing away, he like he smashes, he, he bumps into Batman, and he turns around and Batman, you know, like extends his cape, and Scarecrow sees a giant bat, which mm-hmm. visually, animation wise, look really cool. Mm-hmm. It kind of looked like something out of the Gargoyle series. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I noticed the same thing. Yep. But the other thing that I noticed was yeah, two influences with a giant bat face before you see Batman as a giant bat. That alluded to me Batman Forever. You know the cut scene where he's in the cave and he's mm-hmm. face a giant bat. Yep. And the other the other thing it alluded to was Batman Begins when Scarecrow's dust with his own fear toxin. And he sees Batman as a as a demon kind of creature. Takes to your own medicine, doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool, and I'm 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 gonna play some. You just you know, I'm betting that Goyer was probably inspired by this episode. Sure. When Batman Begins. I'm not gonna say Nolan was because he probably didn't watch Batman the Animated Series. So, but Goyer is somebody that I could see watching it back. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, so yeah, those are things I noticed. So, uh, any thoughts on that final battle on your end? No, just um, you pick up an interesting point is that you know everybody wants to see the uh, the blimps in live action. I'm not too sure about that now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's going to be a good, especially if we're going to have people complaining about destruction afterwards. Yeah. Right? Oh my. Um, oh. <laughs> but all right, uh, is there anything else we missed that you that you uh, that you think we should mention or? No, I just think that it was uh, it's a solid introduction to um, Scarecrow. And like I said, I believe his look kind of evolves throughout the series. And this was a pretty scary one, to say the least. And I think we, we, we've only seen the tip of the iceberg with uh, with this character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not the iceberg launch, because that's Penguin. But um, That's later. Uh, yeah, that's later. Um, but <laughs> yeah, before later. we move on to the, the next episode, let's rate this one. So... Give it a give it a great a letter grade for this one. Yeah, I'm gonna give this one uh let's see, we go out of five here. Is that is that what we do? Uh I forgot what, what we used to do on this particular show. I'll go you know what? I'll go four out of five. I'll I'll go four bats out of five. There oh go. that's good. Yeah. There you all go. Right. So yeah, all right. So four batter let's do this. Yeah, we're four so batterings. Four batterings out, out, out of five. I'm gonna do four and a half batterings out of five. Okay. Uh, I thought this was a fantastic episode. Um, I know this is only a 22-minute series. They packed a lot into 22 minutes, including Scarecrow's origin. Mm -hmm. And it was so good that I wanted more of this episode. Um, Like, I wish this this thing was an hour. Uh, Me too. But yeah, it was a really strong episode. Um, So... It's it's four and a half for me and a four uh, for Nick. So, all right, Nick, uh, let's talk about the next episode, which is on leather wings. So, oh, what do you got there? <laughs> oh, oh, Coincidentally the, enough, you know, did you know that the air date of this episode was September 6th, 1992? The reason I know that is because it is on... The collector's edition of Batman animated series by Columbia Pictures, Adam. Show and tell oh, for the episode. That's way back. Way that's back. Before, so that's before. There is uh this is volume one, believe it or not. I believe there was twenty-two. I have all that's of them. Be- that's before the complete DVD set, right? It was. It wow. was. So that's I got insane. sent one of those every week for no, every month. I believe it was once a month. When I was a little kid, that's kind of how I saw the series. So, wow, now did before. you update it since to like the, the Blu ray version? You know, I don't have the Blu ray version, I just have the box sets, the standard DVD box sets, yeah, and yeah, then okay, the collector's sure. edition. I'm thinking about it, I hear it's a really good remaster. Yeah, I'm, 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 
I'm teetering. I know. I'm teetering. It's like one of those like you own it already, so do you really need you know? But eh. yeah, that's 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 the internal discussion I'm having with myself. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, all right. So, yeah. Leatherwings, give us a brief, a brief synopsis of On Leatherwings. Yeah, so Leather Wings and spoiler, this is actually one of my favorite episodes um, of the series. It's the introduction to Man Bat. So uh, the the famous, the infamous Man Bat that everybody is clamoring to see in live action. This is where it all began. Where this idea of uh, one of our first actually encounters with the police mistakenly mistaking Batman committing a crime that he obviously didn't commit. Right. And then we get this uh, introduction to Kirk Langstrom. And then we get this real kind of detective story of Batman figuring out this creature terrorizing Gotham City. Harvey Bullock is after the Batman. No surprise to anybody. This kind of drives the wedge even further between him and Commissioner Gordon. Um, and then it's just a really cool story and a, t- a detective story about Batman figuring out who Man Bat is and what he is. And it's a really uh, fascinating tale how they all bring it together in 22 minutes. There's like one twist, but you kind of see it coming. But then they do the classic of like, oh, well, this guy's man bat. But no, nah, yeah, I, mean, I think this what's guy's funny man is bat. The twist doesn't you know? work. Like on a rewatch, it doesn't. I've seen it so many times, it's like it's not a twist anymore. Yeah. But it was intended. At first viewing, it was a twist. But yeah, um, right. So, what I find interesting about this uh, is. Despite the fact that on the DVD, on the on the collected edition, this is the first episode. In, in this mm-hmm. reorder that we're doing, it's the second to last episode before the season finale. Yep. Uh, um, um, and so, but in spite of that change, it still works because Bullock has always been from when we when we've. We, when I started doing it in this order, and now he's always been anti-Batman, whereas Gordon is not. So mm-hmm. the fact that this comes so late in this rewatch order, it didn't didn't affect it because that was consistently played out throughout the course of so far, uh, and done quite well. Um, what I like about this episode as well is. If I thought the last episode showcased Batman in, as a detective, this one was like this one was like the Batman in the mm-hmm. sense that hey, Batman is detective mode one hundred percent here. Um, like he's got complete with you know uh, like uh, um, infrared goggles that he puts on, to, to, and I like the fact that he's collecting evidence from the yep. scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. Like it's something again, so obvious if you want to tell a detective story, but it's like ah, oh, it's such a revelation to say, to see him actually doing it because it's up until the Batman, it's been so few and far between, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was so cool. So, so I like that aspect. Um, the fact that Bruce Wayne is also in, like the, the the excuse that he gives is that he's got a bad infestation, <laughs> which is really funny coming from. The guy that everybody in the audience knows is Batman. You know, it's kind of ironic. Mm-hmm. The excuses that he's using is bad infestation. Um, and um, so, so I like that. I thought that was pretty, pretty uh, interesting. Um, and then another thing that I noticed about specifically with Kirk Langstrom is it's very much a a play on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yep. Uh, In the dynamic, in the way, you know, the two personas, right, of of Man Bat and Kirk Langstrom. So what did you, what did you think of all that? Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting point about um, the Jekyll and Hyde uh, comparison, too. I even um, came up with, like, Dracula, because he kind of has, like, that look of Dracula to him, too, in a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, um, so that's interesting too. And you know what? It's like that weird thing of he like come he like crosses just like your standard guy slash doctor, but there's kind of a little bit of an edge to him. Like he's not so welcoming, but he's like friendly enough where he can play the part a little bit. 
to make Bruce Wayne think about like, oh, like no, nothing's going on here. Everything's fine. Right. Um, you know, and then it's it's so it is like that classic kind of villain or I was always the villain all along mm-hmm. approach to the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, I thought like he certainly looked like he can be the villain all along. Um, and then when he transformed into Man Bat, that was some pretty uh, horrifying stuff. <laughs> I'm sure you you felt the same way again for a kids show. Um, they they didn't hold back into the transformation whatsoever. Yeah, specifically the body horror aspect of it. Like when you see yep. him changing, like mm-hmm. as a kid, I, I, I'm sure that probably disturbed me quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, now it's like, oh my god, that's so cool. But you know, All right. like, like, what the hell? <laughs> um, and you, you know what I liked about the what, what I like what I found interesting is that the man bat persona was kind of taking over even when. Kirk Langstrom was in human form, right? It's like the serum was um, driving Kirk Langstrom to insanity almost. Uh, mm-hmm. And by the way, if we've learned anything from 2020 to 2022, don't do any crazy experiments with bats. Don't, I mean, it's not good. It doesn't end well. And this was kind of the foreshadowing, you know, 20 some odd years earlier, you know, what, like 92, 02, 30, 30 some odd years earlier, they were telling you, you know, this show is like, you know, leave the bats alone. Like, like let them be. Don't, don't this is why drinking. biology and anatomy class yeah. are much different now. Don't start, drink, don't start <laughs> drinking vials with bat, whatever you got going in there. <laughs> leave it alone for the good, for the good of everybody. If Please. it's red, don't touch it. If it's yeah. orange, let, don't let touch it. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> um, uh, and it also kind of, I, I, in terms of the transformation, I guess it, it, it's kind of a Warner Brothers connection, but it reminded me of the, of the Looney Tunes when, mm. I which character, I think, I don't know if it was Sylvester or Daffy, or they did a play on on the Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. I think it was Sylvester. It might have been Sylvester. I think it was Sylvester. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the way they did the transformation, it was kind of like there were nods to it. I found uh-huh. in the animation, so I kind of dug that. Um, uh, I also, what I really had a laugh with, I thought it was hilarious, was when Batman's back in the cave analyzing the you know the sounds. Uh, Alfred's reading the paper and he's, and he's like, you know, it wasn't, you know, uh, I got to find out who this is. And the police thinks thinks it's me, but that's not our, our, our perpetrator. And it's like, and Alfred comes down and he's like, you mean to tell me you're not the one beating security guards up to a, to a, to a pop at night? <laughs> like, just the casual dryness of it all was, mm-hmm. was really funny. And then the uh, call he gets to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also... When he does get that call in the back game and he has to switch to Bruce Wayne mode, yeah. that's where you, you see you hear the voice change. Yep. Like that's where it becomes extra I mean it's evident anyway, but but it's really evident here because one second he's ba- it's Batman voice, the next is Bruce Wayne voice. And the only time I ever it's gonna sound weird for me to say this, but that scene reminded me of there's a scene in Batman 66, the series, mm-hmm. where yep. I think it's the Joker. He wants money. He's holding something for ransom. So the, the commissioner's like tells Batman, "Oh, don't worry. We'll just contact Bruce Wayne and see if he'll put up the you know the the front money to to think." So they call Batman on the on the red phone, and they call Bruce Wayne on the regular phone. And Adam West is doing this thing where he's got the red phone in one hand. And the regular phone and another, and he's going back and forth between the two personas. And there's an ever so slight inflection in his voice where one second he's Batman and the next he's Bruce Wayne. And that was done here. By the way, you want to see a tour de force of acting from Adam West? It's that That's scene it. right there. It's on YouTube. If you don't have if you don't have Batman 66 on DVD or Blu-ray, first of all, shame on you. Second mm-hmm. of all, don't worry, it's on blue, it's on YouTube. But <laughs> So that was a great bit of acting by Adam West, just to shout that out. But also, I thought that was a nod to it in this episode with Kevin Conroy, and I think mm-hmm. it just up wonderfully. So, 
I, I love that moment in both both 66 and in this episode. Um, and then the really cool thing for me was just the, the third act action, seeing Batman really for the first time in this series handle something that is fantastical slash borderline supernatural. Mm-hmm. The, the beauty of this order, and I know you're just jumping on uh, late, or going into the second season, but the beauty of this episode order is there's an escalation of crime boss, crime boss, you know, slightly crazy with the Joker, and now we've gone to full, full supernatural horror kind of stuff. And so there has been a progression in this order, and I think he's done that on purpose. So uh, you could really see it here. Like there has been the build. So the placement of this episode uh, makes sense. In the way he's done it, so kudos to him. But what did you think of the third act, seeing Batman versus Man Bat? Mm-hmm. It's uh man, that that Man Bat scream, that roar, oh, still still gets me to this day. Um, it, it was interesting seeing him essentially struggle the the entire time. I mean, my God, the third act is him just hanging on to uh, Man Bat's legs for dear life, right? And then yeah, he and then he's punching him in the head at, at some point. Punches him in the head, and like that kind of like made me twitch a little bit too, because like the way like they show his his head like. Diving yeah. into the walls, like my goodness, I was like, if that was, was any other person, he'd be dead. Um, but yeah, no, and uh, like I said, it was it was a pretty uh, interesting third act too, especially to kind of see like Commissioner Gordon and Harvey Bullock's faces when they see Man Bat and then Batman kind of fight fighting along the way, and then Commissioner Gordon throws it in Harvey Bullock's face, which I thought was awesome. It's like yeah. you see, you see, do you see it now? Batman's not bad. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was um, that was yeah. pretty cool, and, and I thought the the subtle ending too of, you know, he brings Circle Langstrom back to uh, his wife and kind of gives him like that, um, not really like a hero's welcome, but kind of like, um, you know, he does the right thing and he still yeah he's, back str- he's always, always trying to rehabilitate exactly you know his his villains right um, yep and in this case this particular episode he's able to give him a serum that Batman says has gotten the 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 uh, uh, the effects of the man bat uh, formula out of him completely so presumably according to this episode they've taken man bat off the board uh, but it was a very like it, it was a twofold moment because it's very heroic for batman the way he brought him in like it's, it's like it, it it was kind of empathetic the way he was carrying him much mm-hmm. kind of like in the Batman when he was holding that that girl's hand as she's getting, you know, strapped to the gurney. It's kind of yep. in the same vein, but um, you know, so I I like that ending. It's very heroic, but it's also tragic because mm-hmm. you know, like you, you just it's 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 you know the guy spent the majority of the episode trying to kill you, right? And here you are. It just shows, I think, the, the the fortitude that Batman has to wanna to wanna help all these people, even if they're the crazies or you know the craziest of the crazies. Right. Uh, and I really love one thing I want to say before we do our our, our our final grade is you can tell that this episode was intended to be the first by the amount of heavy use of the Elfman slash Walker theme. Like they yep. plug that in. Every second <laughs> chance they got because they wanted you to, they wanted the audience, which at that point was, you know, four to four to ten year olds. Oh, yeah. To, to be like, remember that Batman movie you liked? Or those two at that point? This yeah, it was Returns by that point. Of that. Like they were trying mm-hmm. to hammer that. Even the way they, <laughs> they glorify, you know, those, those long looks at the Batmobile, those long shots. And it's like, oh, yeah. They're, they're trying to tell you that, hey, this is basically. The world of 89 and returns the spiritual third movie if you will mm-hmm. uh, so but i just noticed how often they played the theme and i'll never complain because i love that theme so right oh it's time, iconic yeah it's not a complaint <laughs> yeah uh, it's just i just noticed it a lot more in this episode than the other ones um so so yeah uh, anything else you want to specifically bring up that we haven't uh no, I just thought that this was um, it, I, again like I said off the top, it's one of my favorite episodes of 
that main animated series just because of like it does its job so well you know it establishes the detective roots of batman uh it gives a really really cool fascinating character in man bat um everybody wants to see him in live action i think it would be cool if we can find a way to do that not sure how um but i think it, it would be a fascinating uh tale to tell especially like you know if Marvel can do a werewolf by night series. I think you can certainly do something with man bat, maybe something down the road. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, very, very cool episode. And I think it, it holds up really, really well for me, actually. Right. I, I, I for the most part, I, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Um, all right. So with that, let's, let's go ahead and do our rating. Yeah. I'm going to give this one five batterings out of five, Adam. Really love this one. All right. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go four batterings okay. out of five. Uh, and the reason why, the only reason why, I get what they were trying to do at the ending, but I kind of don't like that they took Man Bat off the board. Like that they gave him this, yeah. this full on cure. Because what I like about his appearances in the comics is there's always that struggle of Batman wanting to cure him. And then there's moments where Kirk Langstrom is present even in, Bat- in Man Bat form. Mm. And that adds a, a different dynamic to the, to the proceedings. That's so I would like to see that uh, uh, in this as well. But they, you know, the way they left it off, um, he's taken off the board. Nice. So that's that's really the only uh, uh, drawback that I can I can come up with. But otherwise, uh, spectacular. Uh, animation was top tier the music was phenomenal so it all it all just works and um and yeah no you know no matter how many times i i revisit the series it just it's it's just so good so uh yeah uh this uh, this was a fun uh, uh episode with you and also uh, before this point the the, the first season mm-hmm. uh, was awesome to revisit now what what, what we're going to do according to the the uh the release order is the next the next thing that we have on deck um is in between season one and two is batman mask of the phantasm Ooh. <laughs> um, That'll be a good one. <laughs> so that, uh, and let me just double check that that is the next, because uh, I don't want to talk um, out of school here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm pretty sure. Let's see. I mean, that's one of my favorite Batman mediums. Anything. So if that's the case, we're gonna have a really, really great. Yeah, I've got the I've got uh, the list ready. Really great conversation with that one for I've sure. Got li- I've got the Everyone list. Everyone should get excited for that one. Not that <laughs> list, but I've got a, I've got the list here. Yeah. Uh, and yes, I'm I'm correct. It is the season finale of season one is Mask of the Phantasm. So buckle up. That will be our next episode on this particular show. Um, so be ready uh, if you want to, if you're following along with us, that's the next thing that you need to watch. That's homework. And when that's homework, that's the best kind of homework you're ever going to get. Um, I wish somebody would have given me that homework as a kid. Uh, right. But um, in the meantime, before we get together and talk about that, uh, Nick, if people want to track you down and talk Batman, we can mm-hmm. do that. Yeah, and of course, first things first, Adam, you know, watching Batman the Animated Series is really not homework, if you really yeah. think about it. You know, it's not really, you know, homework, you know. Uh, but yeah, if you guys want to follow me on social media, you guys can do so on Twitter and TikTok at Nick Zenick. I'm also on Letterboxd at Zeddy Films. But most importantly, I'm notable for hosting the Vigilante 1939 podcast with uh, two of my lifelong childhood friends, uh, Nico and his father, Nick Russo Jr., uh, so go give that podcast a listen. It's available anywhere you find your podcast at. Thank Indeed. you, sir. Definitely check those out. Those guys are, are great. They put on a great show. Uh, we I try. pop up every once in a while <laughs> and say hello and, 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 and so. But they, it's, it's a fun show. 
uh, and they've got, uh, they've got a great dynamic, so check it out. Um, the, the, and then if you want to find me, it's at Adam underscore Leafs fan on Twitter. The podcast network also has its own uh, handle, which is at MMNPDC. Uh, we have a Facebook group, which is listed in the description below. Click that. And I will add you um, there. And if you want to continue the conversation there, we most certainly can. But until next time, remember that Batman, the animated series, is forever from the first time you hear kevin conroy utter that iconic line it was a last so long everybody <laughs>